Good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to Live with CDP podcast on this Tuesday, January 25th at 4 o'clock. This is Season 2, Episode 54 of my podcast. So uh, thank you to everyone watching today on YouTube, uh, Facebook, and Twitter, and later on Apple and Google Podcasts and my other audio platforms. I'm looking forward to speaking to my guest today. Uh, His name is Mookie Hawkins. He's a sports director for Power FM 96.5 and WFO 1080 AM in Buffalo, New York. And I was going to talk a little about his career in radio and also uh, a little bit about the Buffalo Bills 2021 season and that heartbreaking game against Kansas City on Sunday night. Uh, if you guys could just give me a minute, I will bring on uh, Mookie and I'm looking forward to speaking to uh, my guest today. Just one second and I will bring on Mookie. Hey, how you doing, buddy? Hey, what's going on? Good. Can you see and hear me okay? Yep, I got you. Okay, it's just sometimes with uh, technology, I always always did like to double check. But hey, thank you so much for giving me some time today, Mookie. Oh, no, no, no problem, man. Hey, the pleasure's all mine. So how's everybody in Buffalo coping right now? Oh, it's still rough, man. You know what I mean? It's still rough. Uh, you know, tough 48 hours to deal with. I mean, it's going to take a while. It's definitely going to take a while, especially on how the game transpired. I mean... 10 seconds, everybody want to talk about 13 seconds, but it took only 10 seconds for them to get down in field goal range. So, you know, that's it's just kind of tough to deal with. It's too many what it should have, could have, would have, and, you know, it's just too much left to ponder. But, you know, that game should have been, you know, easily the Bills game to win. But it's just tough. It's, just, it's, just, it's, just, it's, just, it's sad, sad for the city right now. I was going to say, I still put the Super Bowl 25 loss as the most devastating because that was a makeable 47-yard kick, and that was for the Lombardi Trophy. This loss, I would put this up even ahead of the Music City uh, Miracle um, just because this was against Kansas City, and this was a game. Like the Tennessee game, they, they should have won that 222 years ago, but <laughs> I think this loss is right up there uh, with the first loss, with the Super Bowl loss. I mean, we have a history of devastation. I mean, if you, the way you just, you know, just laid that down. I mean, the only hindsight of we're being on the opposite side of that is the uh, the comeback with Frank Wright against um, Houston. Um, mm-hmm. We were down 31 points, and, you know, we end up coming back and winning that game and going to the Super Bowl. But other than that, we've been always been on the other side of the spectrum with devastating losses of games that we should have won. Um, so, I mean – this is just tough. I mean, you, you had the game in control. You controlled the outcome of that ball game. And we just let it slip away in 10 seconds for the way the offense played throughout the whole course of the game. And to let it just slip away in 10 seconds is just quite devastating. And, you know, right now, I mean, it is tough. I mean, not only – I mean, we talk about the fans, but what about the players? You know what I mean? The, the, you know, the, <laughs> that played that game. To, to to feel that devastation, that 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 hurt of just I mean, people are still in shock right now. You know, I mean, 
But the inevitable is the inevitable. Um, they had to clean out their lockers yesterday, had their exit meetings, and, you know, that's just the grim reality of it, you know. Um, it's just, it's just, it's, it's right now, it's just tough. I can't, I mean, there's no other way to put it. I was telling one of my friends this, and a lot of people might not agree with me. Uh, I'm an Eagles fan, but I'd rather go through a devastating loss like that than to miss the playoffs uh, for a long stretch of period. And, like, I know the Bills had a tough time there, 17 years without making the playoffs, but you know what? This team is on the right path, and they're, they're having a little bit of heartache right now. But I, I, I do th- I do think the Bills will overcome this next year. And if you look at the Super Bowls teams of the 90s, early late 80s, early 90s, they uh, lost the AFC Championship in 88 to Cincinnati. And everybody's like, okay, this is a start. And then the following year, they lost a devastating game to the Browns at Old Municipal Stadium. I think it was Ronnie Harmon that dropped the touchdown pass that would have won the game. Oh, damn, Ronnie Harmon dropping that pass. Yeah. The very next play was the interception by Clay Matthews. Yeah. So, And the Bills recovered from that and went to their four Super Bowls. So um, I'm not writing them off yet. And I, I really think, like I said, Josh Allen has proven me wrong. I was one of his skeptics and critics. And, and uh, I, I admit I was wrong about him. He's if he's not the best quarterback in football, he's one B like Mahomes and Allen, one <laughs> A and one B. Well, yeah, he's definitely up there. I mean, he's definitely up there. I mean, the way that he's developed, the way he's you know grown into the player that he is. Um, a lot of naysayers, you know, and not naysayers, but you know, once again, Johnson's a self-driven guy, so he blocks that out, and you know, he 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 knows what he's gone through. We're, we're talking about a guy who basically didn't have any offers, had to go to a junior college and, you know, pretty much had to. So he chose the University of Wyoming and rest is pretty much history. But he continues to grow, continues to get better. And um, I'm excited to see what Josh Allen has in store for year five of his career. Now, I was going to say there's a lot of talk, but uh, there's I've, I haven't heard any. Is there any talk about McDermott might be possibly letting go or is he pretty well secure in Buffalo as long oh, as he he's secure? He, he's yeah. secure. He, he, he is secure. He's not going anywhere. He, he'll be the head coach here for, for quite a while. He's not going anywhere. I mean, you look at what he's done in record time. I mean, we, we, we suffered 17 seasons without making the playoffs before the McDermott being era began. And since Coach McDermott has been here, he's been in the playoffs four out of five seasons. So, I mean, this is his first stint at head coach. So there's obviously some learning points, and this is definitely one of them. So it's a lot to learn from this game. And, you know, it's definitely going to make him a better coach going forward. But um, he's definitely not going anywhere. That's, that's not even in the topic of discussion. That's not even a thought. And I was going to say there will be a few changes with the coaching staff, most likely, uh, with Leslie Frazier and Brian Dable. What's your thoughts on those two possibly leaving? Well, I mean, by the looks of it and by the looks of the outcome of that football game, and it looks like Leslie Frazier may be sticking around. Um, Dable, uh, on the other hand, he's a hot commodity. Um, right now, he's looking like the front runner for the Giants position, but uh, they have to interview uh, Brian Flores on Thursday. So after Thursday, maybe you'll probably hear a hiring of some sort. Um, nine times out of ten, I think it's Dable going to the Giants because he's the only guy, uh, he's the only offensive guy that they interviewed. And then the Giants' uh, offense is dead last in the NFL. So that's, you know, where I feel that a landing spot for uh, Coach Dable. I mean, he gets to stay in uh, New York State. 
Uh, he is also a Western New Yorker himself. So, you know, his family doesn't have to, you know, rush to move. And, you know, his, he has kids that's in high school as well. So, you know, I think it's a more, it's, I think it's a, it's a better fit for him, but obviously, uh, you know, he's, he's on the radar in Miami and he's also on the radar in Chicago. Leslie Frazier is on the radar in Chicago too, but you know, his stock dropped tremendously after, uh, 10 seconds. I have to ask you this. They did win in, in October in Kansas City, 38 to 20th. What was the biggest difference between the defense then and then the game on Sunday, if you don't mind me asking you that question? Well, you had the services of Tredavious White. You know, That's true. You had the services of Tredavious White. So um, with him being out there, it gives everybody else that, you know, comfort to, you know, to play in the scheme. He makes the scheme ticks, basically. Uh, it allows guys like Levi Wallace and the other DBs to, you know, help in bracket and double coverage on the other side while he's playing more like man, you know, on his side, on the boundary side. Um, so, yeah, you definitely uh, miss the services of Tredavious White out there. I was going to say, and how's the cap situation for next year, uh, Mookie, uh, with the Bills cap situation there? Uh, right now, the Bills, are uh, they're not in the red, uh, but they're not up top. You know, they they anywhere between six to eight million dollars, you know, uh, cap space. Um, so, you know, there's going to be some restructuring and there, there may be some some guys that that, that could be potentially released to uh, free up the cap. And um, we'll just have to see in the weeks to come how that's going to transpire. Because I was thinking of guys like Jerry Hughes and Cole Beasley who may have played their last games with Buffalo. Well, yeah, well, Jerry's contract is up. Jerry okay. Hughes' contract is up. Um, Beasley has one year remaining, and if you release Beasley, then that would free up anywhere between five to six million uh, in cap space. So um, he's definitely a prime candidate to be a salary cap casualty. Um, but you know, you still kind of look in hindsight of what he is to this offense and what he is to Josh Allen at this point. So you know, a lot of things to uh, to to factor out in releasing Cole Beasley, but he's definitely uh top on that list when it comes to that and i was gonna say uh gabe gabriel davis he has to be the bill's number two receiver for next year or going into next year well that's obvious that's that's, that's quite evident the way you know he played uh teams are going to double stefan Diggs all day then you know you have a solid number two emerging and gabriel davis definitely uh showcased that you know with the record setting day i mean it's kind of shameful because nobody really is going to remember the day he had because of, you know, Kansas City winning the game, you know, in such yep. a dramatic fashion. So, yeah, he's definitely earned that spot to be the number two guy. But uh, the Bills are definitely going to need some receivers uh, to compensate. I mean, if you bring Isaiah McKenzie back, uh, you know, Emmanuel Sanders, he still has uh, another year left. But, you know, it's still up in the air if he's going to return or retire. So the Bills are definitely going to have to, you know, fill some voids and fill some gaps in that and that receiver core but they do have isaiah hoskins um you know uh draft they do have jake kumaro um you know so they have some guys in the fold but you know they're always looking to bring guys in to, to compete so we'll just have to see what the offseason brings what about the tight end situation is dawson Noss proven that he is uh, a good number one or do you think they might try to upgrade the tight end situation well, you know, Dawson Knox definitely proved that. He had a breakout year with, you know, with 11 touchdowns. And, you know, so 
he definitely had a breakout year. I I, I still like Tommy Sweeney uh, as a solid number two. Um, so I don't really think the Bills um, even mess around with the tight end position uh, at this point. Um, I, I think they're kind of solid at the tight end position right now. They maybe could bring another veteran guy in at a, at a league minimum price uh, that can help block. But as far as being, you know, overall a dynamic piece, uh, Dawson Knox is that guy. Okay. And uh, well, last last question I wanted to ask you before I get into some of your questions about your radio career. Um, what's this, Matt, Mitch Travinsky, uh, will he be back or yes or no, or will he be leaving as a free agent? Well, I mean, you got to wait and see if Dable gets a position. If Dable goes to the Giants, then obviously he's probably going to be heading to New York to compete for a position uh, with Daniel Jones um, or, you know, just be that insurance policy because, you know, he's familiar with Dable's scheme. Uh, he's know what he's looking for. So is that is that familiarity and, you know, that continuity that, you know, he may potentially follow wherever Dable goes if he gets a head coaching position? Yeah, because if he does leave, they're going to have to bring in an experience backup for Allen. Yeah. Yeah. Or, you know, if, if, if you know, if everybody stays, then, you know, there's a possibility of, you know, him returning as well. Okay. And as for the running back situation, do you think they'll keep status quo with Singletary and Moss? Singletary to me has come a long ways the last couple of months as a running back. Well, yeah, I think they, you know, they, they keep Singletary in for it. I'm just not sure. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm not sure with Zach Moss. Um, I mean, he's under contract, but I just think that they didn't use him to his strong suits, um, you know, towards the end. Uh, the way that they use Singletary should be the same way they should be using Moss or more of a downhill. That way he can play a little bit more behind his pads instead of a zone where you got to have patience and you got to have vision, uh, you know, and, and in the NFL, it's a different type of speed. And I think he struggled with that. So if you can just play him a little bit more downhill, then you'll see a better Zach Moss. So uh, I'm not sure if the Bills would probably draft a running back. Um, it's a possibility that they will. Um, but, you know, I don't think that they're going to draft a running back, you know, in the first two rounds, you know, and they might go back into the third unless it's a guy that they're high on in the second that's available. Uh, then you might see you might see him pull the trigger. But other than that, the way that Devin Singletary has played as of late, how he has uh, re-energized that offense and gave it the balance that they've been desperately lacking. Um, I don't see, you know, the Bills, you know, reaching for a running back at this point. Okay. And uh, I'm just going to get to some questions as well, Mookie. So uh, first one I wanted to ask you, can you tell my audience here in Ontario uh, just a little bit about yourself? And when did you decide to, to pursue a career in broadcasting? I know you were a football high school coach as well in Buffalo. Yeah, well, I, I kind of freelance. I've been I, I've been doing broadcasting for about, uh, about 10, 11 years. About 10, 11 years, um, you know, I went out on my own and, and start producing my own shows. Uh, I come with a kind of like a, a Buffalo Sports Center where I go around and I'll, I'll, I'll go to the local games around here and I'll, I'll tape the games and then I interview the players and the coaches afterwards. And then, you know, I'll go home and I'll chop it up, edit it and do my play by play with it with the highlights. And then there you are. Then I'll blend in, you know, this, you know, what's going on in professional sports with it as well. I do the same thing with the Little League football games. I tape it. I interview the coaches. I interview the players. And, you know, that will come up like Sports Center. Um, so I was doing that for quite a while. And, um, you know, I did color for um, 
for Time Warner. Uh, I used to commentate games for Time Warner, uh, you know, for a few years. And I did a few draft specials, uh, you know, on Time Warner as well. And, you know, then I got into radio. I've been in the radio for the past four years. I'm with the sports director here at Wealth 1080 AM on Power 96.5. And, you know, that gives me the access to, uh, you know, cover the bills. So I've been covering the bills for about, you know, four years now. Wow. And uh, I got a taste of broadcasting two years ago at the age of 47, uh, doing some camera work. And then the camera work led me to Rogers TV. And then it led me to creating my own podcast. And, and now I'm hoping with doing Rogers TV as a camera operator and doing this podcast and getting great guests like yourself on, uh, I, I'm hoping one day I get an opportunity in radio because this is something I really enjoy doing. Oh, absolutely, man. Uh, it's nothing like it. It's nothing like it, man. I can tell you that. Uh, you know, it's been, you know, the, the experience and the people I've come across has been, it's been just a blessing just to even be in that position. So, you know, I'm, 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 I'm excited every year, you know, I get opportunity to, you know, cover Super Bowls, uh, to cover the draft, uh, all-star games, you know, things of that nature. So, you know, it gives me those opportunities to, you know, come across people that you've been seeing on TV and that's been playing, you know, and, and on these sports teams that's now that's in, the business of what we're in. So, you know, it, it gives you those opportunities to network with those kind of guys that you grew up watching. And, you know, now they're in the same business as you. So, you know, it's just a, a blessing to be a part of something like that. And I've been very lucky, like I said, to get guys like yourself and John Murphy and Bob Soshi from the Patriots. I have to be honest, the first few months I did my podcast, it wasn't very good, but I kept working at a way at Mookie, doing it two, three, four, five times a week. And then I started getting guests come on and everybody in this industry, the big names they've had on here and big names, including yourself, um, especially the Buffalo market. I have to be honest, out of all the cities in the States that have come on my podcast, the Buffalo guys are one of the best like john murphy and the guys from wgr and uh 550 and that and yourself as well so i really appreciate the opportunity to speak to you guys appreciate that man appreciate that so okay um the second question is where did you go to school and did you have any mentor or mentors when you were breaking into radio um yeah i went to seneca i went to seneca vocational high school um you know and that's uh, you know and, you know, I played football there. I uh, had a few offers, but my grades wasn't that good. I got introduced to, uh, you know, all that good stuff. And, you know, I had to go to a junior college and get on weight training program. And, you know, but I, I did earn my degree in um, liberal arts and science phys ed. I wanted to be a coach. So that was my first degree. And, um, you know, got to make a decision on reference to what your career is. Uh, I ended up working for GM for uh, about 12 years, they took me out of school. So, you know, they paid for it every time I went. And that's where my sports marketing and management degree kick off where, you know, I had minor in journalism. So, um, so uh, that's how that transpired as far as my education background. Um, mentors. Um, yeah, I had um, um, Pat Freeman, Pat Freeman, who was the sports director at World 1480 for over 25 years, uh, you know, basically mentor me and he still continues to mentor me as I, I am the sports director today at Waffle. Okay. And um, did you also do a little bit of volunteering um, volunteer internships as well? Well, I, I volunteered with my own, with my own, uh, with my own uh, produced shows. You know, like I said, I was Sports Q TV. 
Um, you know, I, I started out in 2011 where I was just taping the Little League football games and I was blending that in with, you know, with the pro stuff. You know what I mean? I, I'll blend in Little League highlights with NBA, NFL, uh, Major League. You know, I'll blend anything that was going on locally here in Buffalo with the pro stuff. So uh, that's where I really got my start. Uh, as far as volunteering, uh, that goes. That was my, my volunteering. As far as interns, uh, I never I never interned anywhere. It was just after that I was kind of recognized for, you know, the things I did out in the community. And, you know, and, you know, I, I have got some recommendations because, you know, I, I've been knowing, you know, Bills players for years. I used to live with one back in 1995 at Derek Holmes for three years. So uh, that's how I, I kind of got familiar with the Shield and, you know, just, you know, knowing the guys for all of this time. So, um and that's how I got into it. Ruben Brown actually the first one that got me into radio. Uh, you know, we was on uh, Rec Radio. We was on 520 AM, uh, man, about 15 years ago. So uh, if anything I interned, I interned there. And then, you know, I got recognized. And, you know, that's where Time Warner kicked in with, you know, doing some play-by-play and some draft specials and stuff like that. So I owe a lot of this stuff to Ruben Brown. If it wasn't for Ruben Brown, uh, I probably wouldn't be in this position. One of my favorite offensive linemen. Uh, I'm an Eagles fan, but uh, I remember when he played for the Bills. He number old number seventy nine, and to me, I still believe in football teams being built on the O line and the D line. Those guys. Yes, sir. Definitely. Okay. Um, I was going to say, and this next question I was going to ask you: How did you end up uh, becoming the sports director at uh, Power FM and uh, WFO uh, WUFO ten eighty in Buffalo? How did that come about? Well, my mentor, you know, he resigned, um, you know, he he's naturally credentialed. So, you know, he, he moved on to uh, better things and, and and getting his brand a little bit more broader. And uh, that opened the door for me uh, to come right in. I mean, you know, I'm just waiting in the wings and and, um, you know, the CEO, Ms. Sheila Brown, uh, presented me with that opportunity once uh, Pat Freeman resigned. But Pat continues to mentor me to this day. Uh, you know, he still covers uh, out out of Rochester and, uh, you know, he, he, he guides me through every step, whether we're on the road at games or, you know, whether we still at Bill's games. And one thing I've learned from not just yourself and a lot of my other guests, too, is uh, building contacts. And in most cases, mentors are important as well. Mm-hmm. But the building up contacts is huge in this industry. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. You know, you know how the old saying goes is. It's, it's not who you know. It's not what you know. It's who you know, right? So, you know, I I, I think I kind of know a few guys. You know, I'm in the sauce a little bit. CDP. Okay, no problem. What I was gonna say, and 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 how I even got into broadcasting or doing this was just uh, I was volunteering with a, a semi-pro basketball team here. They needed a camera operator. I'd never done camera work or broadcasting before, and the producer liked my work. They actually paid me for doing a half a game, and then they. Uh, the one of the guys referred me to Rogers TV, and then that's how it all led to the the podcast. It's just funny how you being in the right place at the right time and and, yeah. and knowing somebody. Yeah, that definitely is. That's kind of like how uh, you know with me. I host the Little League Nationals down in Florida every year. This is like a, this is about like our tenth year doing that. And you know, me being like I said, I was producing my own shows. I'm coaching Little League, and it's the first year that you know we were going down to Florida to com- complete to compete. 
And I was like, okay, well, we're going to do a documentary on this. So, you know, it's me and, you know, I have my camera guys down and, you know, we're just taping the, the whole trip and, you know, leading up to that point. And once we got there, um, you know, the, the, the founding fathers of, you know, the United Youth Football uh, was like, hey, you must, hey, you're, these, are, you're, these are my guys right here. So, you know, everything is just history. I, I got up and I, I've been hosting ever since, you know, and they take good care of me every year. They fly me out. They take care of all my accommodations and uh, they pay me pretty well, too. So, you know, I've been doing that for 10 years as well. So I get an opportunity to shoot down to Florida uh, in December every year, leave up out of this cold weather. Uh, so, you know, like I said, I, I'm just blessed for anything that's just coming my way. So you're right. You know, you never know, you know, when that when that time can come. But you just got to be, you know, you just got to be there for it. You know, you got to be there for it. And that's the key. Yeah. And what I was going to say, a lot of people are like, oh, podcast at home is easy working at. But you know what? It's not. To me, I have to produce my shows. I have to book guests. I have to coordinate my schedule with my guest schedule. And sometimes guests have emergencies or situations where they have to cancel. So people think it's just it's easy to do a podcast. But to me, it's a lot of work. It's a lot of work in anything, you know, you do when mm -hmm. it comes when it comes to this here. It's a lot of work. It's, it's not easy. You know, what I mean, it may seem easy to most people. But it's not easy. It's a lot of work, man. It's definitely a lot of work. But if you love it, yeah. then, you know, it really don't matter. Absolutely. And like I said, uh, working midnights at my other job, I just make time in the daytime. It works out better for me working overnights and then being able to get up in the afternoon and, and do my podcast. So, but uh, this is something I really enjoy doing and I shouldn't say it's work. It's, it's something I really enjoy doing and I have a passion for, and I love meeting new people and asking questions and mm -hmm. building up contacts. And I've even made some friendships out of doing this podcast as well. Absolutely. And that's what it's all about at the end of the day. You want to, you want to build those friendships up, man, because you never know, you know, how that can, how, 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 how that can grow into something, you know what I mean? So you definitely want to build those relationships and, and you never, and like I said, it's not what you know, it's who you know in this business. So, you know, you True. just got to keep persevering and, and keep it going and, you know, good things happen. Keep grinding away. So um, the next question I was going to ask you, uh, Mookie, is what is it like working in the Buffalo market? Because we all know they love the Bills, the Sabres, the Bisons, the Bandits. Um, overall, what's it like working in that market? Oh, it's great. I mean, you know, Buffalo has, you know, the best fans in the world. And we all know what Bill's Mafia brings to the table. Uh, you know, we love our Sabres, but, you know, they got to they got to they got to get off the shit right now. But I think Granado's going to do a good job in the years to come. Um, he's just trying to put his stamp on his team right now. And uh, when all the pieces come together, or hopefully that'll be next year with the emergence of Owen Power and other guys coming from the minors. Uh, you'll see a better Sabres team. You know, I cover the Sabres as well, too. So, um, you know, Buffalo market is, you know, I love the Buffalo market. It takes good care of me. I almost consider Buffalo like a Canadian city because you guys love beer, you love wings, you love your hockey, uh, you love your football. And uh, I, I, like I said, before the pandemic, I was coming over to the Buffalo area once a month, either, either for shopping or sporting events. And it's, it's, I can see why a lot of athletes like to retire in the Buffalo area. Well, yeah. I mean, you look at guys like Thurman Thomas, Jim Kelly, you would figure they would go somewhere where it's warm and, you know, retire. But these guys live right here. Actually, Thurman Thomas has his foundation group right next to our radio station. Wow. You know? So, I mean, yeah, those guys, they, they, they're they here. They're, they're true Buffalonians. And, you know, um, 
you know, the fans just love that. You know what I mean? Just you, you can see uh, in that last home game against the, the Patriots when Jim Kelly and Thurman came out and lead the charge, how the fans were so pumped up. The game was pretty much over after, the, you know, the, Jim Kelly dropped the mic. So, you know, and, hey, they are, you know, true Buffalonians and, you know, they are definitely ambassadors of the city. I was going to say, uh, being an Eagles fan, uh, we've been lucky to win that Super Bowl against New England in 52. But you know what? I believe, I really do believe in the next year or two, Buffalo will get their Super Bowl win. It's just a matter of time. Yeah. Yeah, they'll get over that hump. They, they'll get over that hump. I, I wish I, I had a chance to talk with Coach. There was so many people in the presser today wanting to talk to him. Uh, you know, I didn't get I didn't get an opportunity, but I'll, I'll get a one-on-one with Coach. I'm definitely going to talk with Brandon Bean tomorrow. Uh, you know, so I don't get my point across in reference to what I think, you know, what's going to happen with the Bills going forward, especially this offseason with uh, general manager being. And McDermott was with the Eagles from 99 to 2010, and he actually started with the Eagles as a, as an intern, uh, worked his way up on that on the, on the Eagles, and, mm-hmm. and uh, he learned a lot from Andy Reid, so. Yeah, he learned a lot from Andy Reid. You got to get over that hump against Andy Reid, man, uh, you know. I know this 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 10 second thing is gonna eat at him, eat at him, eat at him, eat at him. And the only thing that's gonna do is just make him a more better and sharper coach going forward. And you're right, CDP. Um, they're gonna get over that hump eventually. You know what they I mean? Will. They're, gonna, they're gonna get over that hump eventually. It's just like 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 Josh said yesterday, it's just not their time. Yeah. You know, just put it in perspective and say, hey man, it just no matter what the outcome or no matter how everything went down Sunday night, it's just it just wasn't our time. It just wasn't meant to be. It's not our time. You know? And then and, and then people were saying home field, but you know what? Home field advantage is not like it used to be back in the 60s, 70s, and 80s, and even the 90s. Because look at all the road teams. So you know what? And it wasn't like the Bills couldn't win in Kansas City. They already had proven it earlier in the year. So um, it's just a matter of, I don't know, what do you think? Do you think the Bills do need to get that AFC, uh, the next matchup with them next year in Buffalo? Or do you be think- nice. It would be nice for the boost of confidence. It's always you know, you want to play in your backyard for it. You know, I, I mean, it didn't mean anything because when you look at how the Bills' offense just went down the field on 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 converted third downs, converted fourth downs with touchdowns. So, you know, Josh is used to that type of crowd noise. So, I mean, it really don't matter, but it kind of do matter. You know, what I mean, just for your just for the psyche. You know, what I mean, just for the psycheiness of things. And you know, you always want to have that opportunity to do it in front of your home fans opposed to doing it on a road so um you know that's where i think that comes into play but when you really look at it look at the 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 number one seeds of this year both of them you know they got the first round by and you know now it's bye-bye you know and then and they didn't even win a game so i tell bills fans look you beat new england you got to the divisional round obviously you're disappointed you didn't win it but um I, I still think the season was fit fairly fairly a success for the Bills. Oh yeah, it was a success. I mean, everybody wanted to, you know, for them to just pick up where they left off last year. You know, winning thirteen games and then looking at the type of schedule they had coming into this season, you figured that the Bills would duplicate, you know, at least another thirteen win season. But you can't look at it that way. You know, you can't look at it that way. Uh, every season is different. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, you, players come, players go. Um, and then, you know, it's just, you got to play the game, you know, you still got to play the game. Um, so it really, really is no cook, no, no runaway team this year. Everybody was still like in the middle of the pack. Everybody lost to a team they shouldn't have, 
True. You know? So, I mean, that's just how it goes. So, you know, now we're moving on to another season, uh, even though it's a Final Four that's still uh, out there. Uh, but right now the Bills are, are focusing on next season at this point. Definitely. Okay. Are you still okay for a few more minutes? Mookie? Oh, sure. Yeah. Okay, yeah. no problem. Uh, next question I wanted to ask you, what is your most memorable story in an interview you've done so far? Hmm. Most memorable story. I mean, I always have. Every time I get the chance to interview Josh, there's always something memorable. It's always going to be something out of me and a Josh Allen, you know, presser. You know, I, <laughs> I'm always going to say something to the, or he's going to give me good content or we're going to get a good laugh out of something. But, you know, um, I would say my most memorable interview is always with Josh Allen. Any chance I get um, story. Hmm, I think that's still yet to come. I think that is still yet to come. My most memorable story. You know, I, I think, write stories, but my most memorable one is yet to come. I think it will be in another year from now with yeah. the Bills. And as for the Sabres, I'm a hockey fan, too. They are on the right path with Jack Quinn, Owen Powell, uh, Darlene. They just have to, uh, like I said, they've got stability now with the GM and coach. And that's what the Bills have finally have. For many years, as you know, the Bills went through GMs and coaches and assistant coaches. And, and stability is so important to the success of, the, of a franchise. Yeah, yeah, it's definitely important. And, you know, I think that, you know, the Sabres are slowly but surely, you know, getting those elements in the building. Um, you look at GM Kevin Adams, he's a guy that played the game, knows the game. Uh, he knows what to look for. Uh, you look at Granado on how he earned the respect of his players. Uh, he, he, he knows excellent O's. And, uh, you know, he, he, he relates. He speaks their language. So, um, you know, like I said, it's just a matter of time before the Sabres really – you know, turn things around. But most importantly, they need to get a damn goalie. All right? Yes. Get, get a did. damn goalie, okay? We got everything else just about. But get you a damn goalie. goalie. It's, it's the same in the NFL with a quarterback. Until you get a franchise quarterback, your team, unless it's Tampa Bay or uh, I know with uh, one year, what was it? Uh, the Ravens won the Super Bowl in 2000, but Trent Dilfer. Very unusual you're going to win a Super Bowl with an average quarterback. So I think with the Sabres, it starts with goaltending. Same with football and that. So No doubt. Okay, and you've already answered most of this question about the 21-21 Bills. What's it like covering the team as the Bills uh, beat reporter? And how, with the players, does it when you talk to them, does it take a little while to build a rapport with them? Or does it just depend on each player? Oh, no, I don't have no problem building rapport with those guys. Um, you know, I have great rapport with each and every last one of them. I just about have a nickname for each and every last one of them. Um, so, you know, it's it's exciting every time I get the opportunity to cover those guys or get in the Zoom room or, you know, get to, you know, interview them personally. I'm just having a great time of doing it this past four years and, you know, just making my mark in the game. Um, you know, so I don't have a problem on – uh, building rapport, I, I think that kind of comes naturally for me, you know, so I don't have a problem, you know, um, doing that, that, that really comes natural. Then, like I said, I, I know the guys, I know the guys, you know, outside of the building. So, you know, that, that stuff, you know, I, I'm comfortable to the point where I can ask them to just about anything and, and get a response because, you know, we talk outside the field. So, you know, we have a relationship. We, we all have a relationship with a handful of guys you know, outside, outside uh, what you see in the Zooms. 
Because I, I find even with the podcast, it's important to, to build rapport with your guests and then build trust with them. And uh, that way, they'll want to come back on your show again in the future. Yeah, that's key. That's always key. And when I first started out, I would always, you know, let them know the questions that I'm going to ask them. Mm-hmm. Like, I never want to catch a guy off guard. You know Darn. what I mean? Yeah. Um, so I, I would let them know, hey, these are questions I'm going to ask. And if you don't like it, I won't ask you. You know yeah. what I mean? So I give them a fair opportunity. Instead of, you know, when the cameras and lights click on, we live and I'm, you know, I'm asking them something and I catch them off guard. You know, you're not never going to get another interview with that guy. And that guy might go and tell the next guy like, hey, you don't want to yep. interview with that guy. So definitely, you know, you yeah. always want to give them, you know, that courtesy of letting them know what you're going to ask them before, you know, the camera actually comes on. So, you know, that was something, you know, I don't know. I, I mean. That is something that I, I, I always want, you know, that I always did and I continue to do. And, uh, you know, you gain respect that way. Then, you know, it gives them that comfort to know and you build trust with them. You know, you build trust to the point where, you know, you got that rapport and they're going to be always open and eager to answer any question that you present them. It's like with John Murphy, I never thought I would ever get him on my podcast a year ago, but he said, sure, not, no problem. But the reason he came on is because I had Bob Soshi, the voice of the Patriots on. And, and uh, I think John was okay with coming on with me. And, and I just basically wanted to talk to him a little bit about his career and uh, about the Bills 2020 season. And, and even with Chuck Swarski, there's uh, when I had him on from the Bulls last year, uh, it was, during uh, the off season and there was free agency he couldn't talk about. So um, I agree with you on that Mookie 100%. I, I try to talk to my guests ahead of time. This is what I'm looking to talk about. If please let me know if there's any subjects that uh, you want me to uh, avoid or whatever. I try to respect my guests' wishes on the podcast and just try to make it a fun podcast for them to come on. Absolutely, man. Cause you, you know, you go and want them to come back on at some other time down the line. So, you know, you, you definitely want to give them that courtesy. Okay, and I just got a couple quick questions, and we'll wrap this up. Are you okay for about five more minutes? Hey, man. I'm okay. with No problem. What's a normal day like as a sports director at Power FM and WUFO 1080 in Buffalo? Well, a normal day is, you know, flipping up my emails to see, you know, what's what's in place for me for the day. Um, you know, uh, first and foremost, uh, is Bills and Sabres. I'm getting emails about practice and who to interview and what time I can come to practice or games or, you know, things of that nature. And on the flip side with the Buffalo Bills as well, that comes through. Um, and then, you know, it's just basically, you know, I have three shows on Wolfo. Um, I'm on Monday nights and Wednesday nights at 10 p.m. to 11. And I do uh, my uh, Sunday show at 6 to 7. So, you know, it's basically just preparing for those three shows on the week to week. Um, Just lining, like you said, just lining up your guests, um, just formatting what I'm going to discuss on those three shows. And, you know, know, but, but like I said, it's not a job, you know what I mean? Yeah. I, I enjoy doing yes. this. I have fun yeah. doing it, you know what I mean? So it's not a job to me. Um, you know, I, I just enjoy doing, you know, and covering sports. And it's just a blessing for me to get this opportunity to, you know, have that platform where I can, you know, go to these games and, and, and speak with these athletes and, you know, and build that rapport and that relationship with those guys. Uh, so, you know, it, it's not a job to me, man. It's 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 fun. It's, it's, it's fun. I, I'm excited every day I wake up uh, of the opportunities that I'm blessed with. So, 
um, that's what it's like, man. A, a day in the life being a sports director at, uh, you know, Ruffo. And, you know, right now I'm, I'm preparing myself to go to the Super Bowl. So, you know, that's another thing, you know, awesome. You know, that, that comes with the territory. That's awesome. Um, I was going to say, and I love hearing my guest stories and that because it encourages me too, because I'm, I'm fighting the odds being 49, but you know what? Everybody's telling me to forget the age thing and just keep grinding away at this. Oh yeah. Thing. Forget the age thing, bro. Forget the age don't yeah. matter. The age don't yeah. matter unless, you know, uh, ESPN and stuff like that. They're looking for a younger, younger yeah. or anywhere between, you know, uh, 25 and 35 and all yeah. that stuff. But I wouldn't, don't, don't, don't let the age thing bother you, man. I'm up there myself. Okay. Um, I was going to say, and then just two quick questions. This one, I had to ask you this anyways, uh, Moki. Um, what are your, what are your picks for the NFL conference championships games? And wh- who do you see meeting for Super Bowl uh, 56, I believe in LA? Mm, I hate to say Kansas city, you know, what they did. They know what they did. Uh, but I just don't think Cincinnati will have enough. Uh, to go into Arrowhead and, and and beat Kansas City. And, you know, we all know what Cincinnati did uh, a few weeks ago in Cincinnati when they clinched the division. So I guess that's some motivation for, you know, Kansas City to go out there and prove and our whole, whole home court, if you will. So I'm going to say Kansas City comes out. And I, I, I don't want Cincinnati to go in there and beat them because I want the Bills to go – knock them off next year so um, i'm going to say kansas city okay and then i'm going to say the rams that's a tough match rams wow um it's a tough matchup it is opponent but you know at the end of the day i think that the rams has got too much firepower and then for the sake of playing at home the super bowl at home i think that gives them that extra incentive to go out there and get the job done versus the, uh, the 49ers what I find interesting about that series is the Niners have beaten them six straight times. Mm-hmm. So um, do you, I, I, I can't disagree with the Rams pick, but my only concern is Matt Stafford. Is he going to have a game where he breaks down? Cause I still don't totally trust him. Uh, well, the, everybody in, said again. that Josh Allen was going to, uh, you know, regress and look what happened. That's true. Out, you know that's I mean? true. So, so can't be praying, true. can't be praying on people's downfalls, man. You know, he, I mean, he didn't. He didn't let. He didn't let you down last week. So no, he came know. through. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And so, uh, San Fran secondary isn't that great, you know. So um, I don't think you know with that with the with that the way that defense is playing right now, I don't think Jimmy G is it has the willpower to will the San Fran to a Super Bowl. Now we all know how they got there last game on special teams. Yeah, that's not going to happen again. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? They're not going to just all of a sudden their special teams is going to carry them on their back and get them to a Super Bowl. That's not going to happen. San Fran is going to have to score points uh, against this high-powered Ram offense. And I don't know if OBJ played the last time, you know, versus San Fran or whatever the case may be, but he can prove to be that difference. Uh, and, you know, this is a year that the Rams went all in by getting OBJ and, and, and Von Miller. So they're, it's Super Bowl of a bust for those guys, and I believe they go out and get the job done. I can't disagree with you. The Rams and the in the the Chiefs in the Super Bowl, but uh, like I said, anything can happen on any given Sunday. I've learned that in sports. No doubt. Yeah, definitely. Hey, anything can happen in ten seconds, <laughs> let alone yeah. four quarters. But you know what? Like I said, that's just going to be fuel for the Bills next year as well. So, uh, but that I have to admit, 
as an Eagles fan, that is one of the best playoff games I've ever seen in my life. And you'll never see 25 points in what, two minutes again? Yeah, that's unheard of. I mean, it was so many people that like the ratings is off the roof for that game. So I'm quite sure at some point, uh, yeah, I got to check the schedule. I don't know if Kansas City is on the schedule at all this year. But, yes, they are. Yes, Buffalo's in Kansas City next year. No, okay. Well, there you have it. That's going to be probably the most highly anticipated game and the most watched game. Uh, that game definitely. That game is not going to be a regular TV game. That's going to be either a Sunday night game or a Monday night game. I'm quite sure of that. So, but uh, you know, we'll just have to wait and see uh, what lies ahead for our Buffalo Bills. But Kansas City moves on. Uh, the quest for their Super Bowl, uh, you know, continues uh, this week versus Cincinnati. And um, that is I don't want to pick them because they beat my Bills. I'm going to be realistic here and, and say Kansas City and the Rams in the Super Bowl. But I'm going to say the Rams, the Rams pull it off. The Rams will win wow. Super Bowl 56. And Matt Stafford gets his Super Bowl after all those years with the Lions. Yep. Defense is going to win that game. I got to go with the Chiefs because Andy Reid, I'm an Eagles fan. I love Andy Reid. I think he's a Hall of Fame coach. I, I And I think he really needs a second Super Bowl to cement his legacy because he's had so many great teams in Philly and in Kansas City. And to me, so I'm going to go with Chiefs over the Rams. But it's going to be by three points. Interesting. It's going to come down to a field goal, just like the <laughs> most of these playoff games. <laughs> yeah. They've been some good ones, man. The NFL definitely got it right this season. And, uh, you know, there's been some great playoff games. And hopefully it could be some more great ones uh, this week. Definitely. And last question, I'm going to wrap it up for you, Mookie. Um, any advice, uh, not just for me, but for those uh, watching or listening, uh, looking to pursue a career in broadcasting, TV, radio, and where can my audience find you again on social media and your radio shows at night they can listen to on the Internet? Well, you can find me at Wuffle Sports on Twitter. I'm mostly I'm on Twitter for the most part. Uh, if you want to hit me up on Facebook, it's M U K I Hawkins, Wookie Hawkins, Bills Beat. You can find me on Facebook. You can find me on Instagram at W U F O ten eighty Mookie. Uh, and then, like I said before, I'm always on Twitter at Wuffle Sports. Um, if you're looking to pursue a career in TV and broadcasting, you know, just find what works for you. You know, find what works for you. Um, people love originality and some people don't like it. You know, what I mean, some people don't like it because they're set in their ways and, you know, their upbringing in the game is different to how you see it. You know, so just be yourself, be original and, and find what works for you. Um, and like you said, it's not it's not it's not it's not um, what you know, it's who you know. So if you have personality you know, if you have personality, people draw to that. You can use that, you know, as your to your advantage as well. So um, if you're looking to get into it, you know, just be yourself and always apply because, you know, you got to do that. You know, it's not somebody's going to catch you walking down the street, even though that kind of like happened to me. Yeah. <laughs> but um, it's not like that. That's going to happen every day. Uh, so if you're looking to pursue yourself, just, you know, go hard, uh, stay true to what you believe in, you know. And, you know, just, just, man, just have at it, just attack it and, 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 you know, find out what really works for you and just go and do it. And people's going to recognize your work for what it is and good things that happen. 
Yeah, and, and even doing camera work with Rogers TV for the uh, Ontario Hockey League Guelph Storm, which is a feeder league for the NHL. Mm -hmm. uh, my producer has really been great with me, and it's a nice feeling when they use my work on the scoreboard or on their website. And 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 that's what I'm doing with my podcast. This is like my 150th podcast in less than two years, and wow. I, I really enjoyed doing this. And I've been very lucky to get great guests on, and uh, I really enjoyed uh, talking to you, uh, Mookie, about the Bills and, and your how you started up. And I hope to have you back on again in the future as a guest. Not a problem, CDP. Just let me know, man. I got you. Okay, well, I hope you have a great night. And uh, I'm looking forward to the games on Sunday. And uh, I'll definitely have to – we'll definitely keep in touch on social media. And I hope you can take some pictures at the uh, the stadium out in Los Angeles because it looks, like, amazing. Oh, man. Yeah, I can't wait to get out there. So, yeah, I'm definitely going to take a lot of pictures and, you know, just give everybody that experience on, you know, what that Super Bowl experience would be like the entire week leading up to the game. Okay. All right. Well, you have a great night, Mookie, and thank you again for coming on live with CDP, and we'll keep in touch. All right, my guy. Be well. You too. Thanks, buddy. Anyways, guys, I hope you enjoyed my uh, podcast today with uh, Mookie Hawkins from Power FM 96.5 in Buffalo and WUFO uh, 1080 in Buffalo as well. Uh, guys, just to let you know, my next live with CDP podcast is going to be Wednesday, tomorrow night, January 26th, 7 p.m. Eastern. My guest is Mike Hogan, the manager of communications and the longtime radio play-by-play -play voice of the CFL's Toronto Argonauts. And Mike and I are going to talk a little bit about the 2021 uh, Toronto Argonauts season, uh, some CFL football. And Mike Hogan's also a big Philadelphia Eagle fan. So we're going to talk to Mike a little bit about uh, the Eagles and how they can go forward in 2022 uh, with quarterback Jalen Hurts as well. Well, and also, guys, just to let you know, you guys can also follow me on Facebook, Twitter at Christy Pame, Instagram, and also uh, subscribe to my YouTube channel uh, under my name, Chris Pame, as well. And I'm also on LinkedIn, guys, if you want to add me on LinkedIn. And I post all my audio podcasts on my LinkedIn page as well. Anybody wants to email me, can email me at cpame19 at gmail.com. And also, guys, I do this every podcast show, Live with CDP podcast. The audio version is downloaded onto Google Podcasts, Anchor FM, Apple Podcasts, Breaker, Pocket Casts, Radio Public, Spotify, CastBox, and LinkedIn. And I just want to say thank you to everyone watching on my YouTube channel, uh, Facebook Live, and Twitter as well today. And also, guys, you can follow me on TikTok at Live with CDP, and I'll be posting another uh, video on there uh, tomorrow, tomorrow afternoon as well. And let's see, guys, I got some other news for you. Uh, let's see, as of January 31st, uh, for their first three home games at the Slayman Center in February, the Gulf Storm can have up, up to 500 fans in the arena. And by February 21st, if things go well in Ontario, the Storm can have half 50% capacity again as well. And speaking of the Gulf Storm, uh, the Storm are back home on Friday, January 28th at 7.30 at the Sleeman Center against the Windsor Spitfires. I'll be doing camera work again for Rogers TV. It will be on CJOY 1460 as well with Larry Malott. Then the Storm are in Owen Sound this Saturday to take on the attack uh, Saturday, January 30th at 7.30 at the Bayshore Arena as well. 
And let's see, guys, just before I wrap it up, uh, New Orleans head coach Sean Payton has informed the Saints he's stepping away as head coach as he, his 16-year era ends in New Orleans. Uh, Payton is not necessarily retiring, but may, but may return to the NFL after a break. And he uh, had 16 great years with the Saints and a Super Bowl win uh, with Drew Brees as well. And uh, I'm going to wrap it up soon. The NFL Conference Championships, as me and Mookie were talking about, are uh, this Sunday coming up, January 30th, Cincinnati at Kansas City. I'm picking the Chiefs over the Bengals, 3 p.m. kickoff on CBS, and the Niners at the Rams at 6.30 kickoff on uh, Fox TV with Buck and Aikman. Um, I'm picking the Rams to win this game, like I, I was talking to Mickey about, uh, Mookie about, but I wouldn't be shocked if the Niners win this game, because the Niners have uh, shocked a lot of people this year. They shocked the Packers right in Lambeau in bad weather. So, and the, and the Niners have beaten the Rams six straight times. And the Niners do have Debo Samuel and George Kittle, and they do have a good running game, but they do have some guys beat up as well. But it's it's going to come down to San Francisco's uh, uh, offensive line and defensive line. Can the O-line protect Jimmy G against the Rams' pass rush, which is great? And can their uh, front four, with Nick led by Nick Bosa, uh, get to Matt Stafford? So I think turnovers are going to be key in this game. But I, I got to go with the Rams in the Chiefs to meet in Super Bowl 56 in Los Angeles as well. And before I go again, guys, uh, I'm just going to put down uh, his Twitter page. You can check out Mookie, uh, Mookie Hawkins on power96.5radio.com. And uh, also you guys can follow him on uh, Twitter at WUFO Sports as well. So, uh, again, uh, I, I really want to say thank you to uh, Mookie for coming on today and talking about his career in radio and uh, talking some Buffalo Bills football. Uh, devastating loss, but the, the Bills will be back. So, all right, guys, I'm going to call this a podcast, but I just want to say thank you again to Mookie for coming on. Everybody watching this live on uh, uh, YouTube, Twitter, Facebook, and also on my audio platforms as well. Please check me out tomorrow night, uh, Wednesday night at 7 o'clock Eastern. Mike Hogan from the Toronto Argonauts will come on and we'll talk some Argonaut football and the CFL season. And uh, we'll talk some uh, Philadelphia Eagles football because Mike's a huge Eagles fan like I am. So I hope everybody has a great night and we'll talk to you tomorrow night at 7 o'clock for another edition of Live with CDP Podcast. Thank you for watching and listening.